You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Tulsi Gabbard. She quit the Democrat Party today and did it in spectacular fashion. The former Democrat congresswoman from Hawaii is now an independent and I believe could very well be a future running mate for Donald Trump. All right. So she quit on the first episode of her new podcast. Take a look. Now, I love our country our God-given rights of freedom, life, and liberty that are enshrined in our Constitution and Bill of Rights are what inspires me. All right, she's just warming up. You realize, though, that statement about the Constitution, a reverence for our Bill of Rights, how this makes her persona non grata in the Democrat Party, this is radical stuff for them, and I love it. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party. It's now under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms enshrined in our Constitution, and who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police, who protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. You know what I would love to see? Joe Biden or Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi, try to refute any of this stuff, any of it. They can't. Not only they can't, they're just not capable, but she is right. Next. President Biden and Democratic Party elites have pushed us to the precipice of nuclear war, risking starting World War III and destroying the world as we know it. This is the most urgent existential threat that we face. Now, I ran for president in 2020 because I knew that this is where we were headed. All the signs were there. I raised this issue every single day during the campaign and on the national debate stage. For those of you who may have come to a town hall or who are watching, I'm sure you noticed. But the politicians and the media completely ignored it. They didn't care then, and they don't care now. So I did notice, but yeah, I didn't really take it quite seriously. Nuclear war, we don't have to worry about that anymore. Look at where we are. Putin, warning the world that he is intending he will, if forced to, use tactical nuclear weapons in Europe. Joe Biden shooting his mouth off, talking about Armageddon, Armageddon. And I'll point out that Tulsi Gabbard was covered extensively on Newsmax. Uh, she didn't get all the coverage she deserved on other networks, but uh, she was front and center on Newsmax back in 2019 and 2020. There is more, though. 
Today's Democratic Party rejects the rule of law. What does that mean? The people's trust, our trust in the rule of law is the foundation of our democracy. And by weaponizing the security state and federal law enforcement for their own partisan political ambitions, Democrat leaders are undermining the rule of law and turning our democracy into a banana republic. Across the country, we see a lot of examples of this. We see Democrat politicians calling for defunding the police, demonizing the police, and enacting laws that favor criminals' rights over those of everyday Americans. Tulsi is right, and here's the proof. Here's all the proof you need. The axe man who went on a rampage in a McDonald's in Manhattan was out of jail within hours. Out of jail within hours. Threatening people, damaging, going on a rampage through a McDonald's with an axe. And he's already a free man. Now, Tulsi Gabbard happens to be pro-choice, but she respects those of us who are pro-life. And I really, really appreciate her stance here. Take a look. Now, under the Obama administration, the IRS was used to target conservative groups. Now, Biden's Department of Justice recently indicted 11 pro-life activists for organizing an event blockading an abortion clinic. That's what they were charged with. They didn't use physical force. They weren't dangerous. But seven of those 11 they're facing 11 years in prison and fines of $250,000. I want to say that again. Seven of these pro-life protesters are facing 11 years in prison and fines of $250,000. Do you hear this? This is America. This is what America should be. She is supporting those she disagrees with politically. It used to be what we're all about. Now it's incredibly refreshing to hear somebody who used to be on the other side, I guess. She's not a she's an independent. Those people she's talking about, here they are. They were just standing outside of an abortion clinic. They weren't burning anything down. They weren't breaking things. And she's right. They face serious, serious jail time. We'll see what happens. But that is America. She is supporting people she disagrees with politically. I love it. I love it. And you know what? How about this for a critique of Joe Biden's hate speech last summer? President Biden campaigned on a message of unity, healing the partisan divide, bringing the country together. But he just gave a big speech saying that supporters of President Trump are the most extremist group in our country and a threat to our democracy. It's half the country. He absolutely did that. And there was a debate about it for, what, 12 hours, 24 hours. Remember that speech in front of the Marines? He was so angry. That was the worst thing I ever saw. People on MSNBC said this was great. What are they thinking? <laughs> She's right. He basically tried to cancel half the country. It's insanity. And I'm just, I'm just so pleased we're hearing this. Aren't you? All right. A couple more. Now, you've got Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris. They are proclaiming that the Supreme Court is illegitimate just because they disagree with its rulings. They're undermining the legitimacy of the Supreme Court given their position of power in making these statements. 
We've got the Biden administration that stood by and did absolutely nothing as activists protested outside the homes of Supreme Court justices during all hours of the day and night in clear violation of federal law. Now go back and look again. How did the Biden administration treat those pro-life nonviolent protesters? And look at how they treated those who were protesting outside the homes, their families and children of the Supreme Court justices live. When the party in power does not believe in the rule of law, but they're responsible for writing and enforcing laws, our democracy is doomed. And let's go back and look. All right, let's go back and look side by side. Those peaceful people right outside the abortion clinic, not harming anything. And those on the right outside Justice Kavanaugh's house. I mean, the total lawlessness, which, oh, by the way, specifically, yes, she's right. It broke federal law. And what about the Liz Warren having a nervous breakdown? I mean, talk about trying to incite something. What was she up to? Um, this is great. And this could be a total game changer. I really think so. I think this could be a very special partnership with you know who. All right, couple more. Fostering diversity of thought and freedom of expression is the very foundation of any flourishing democracy. Democratic Party leaders don't agree. They are led by fanatical ideologues who pose a threat to our democracy because they don't believe in freedom. They don't believe in freedom of speech. They don't believe in freedom of thought, freedom of religion. Because of that, they try to censor speech that they don't like, labeling it as, hey, this is misinformation, this is hate speech, this is violent speech. And they are working hand in glove with corporate for-profit media and big tech to smear and silence political opponents and anyone who dares to challenge their authority, their narrative, and therefore exposing their insecurities. <laughs> She's nailing it. Again, she had no home, the Democrat Party, with this point of view. I hope Democrats are looking at her and taking notes because they should be ashamed that they went along with all the stuff that she is now fleeing, fleeing, walking away from. That's better. Uh, all right. What about religious freedoms, freedom of religion? The Democratic Party of today has forgotten that freedom of religion does not mean freedom from religion. Our government must respect every American's deeply personal relationship with God and our freedom to express that and practice that faith without fear of state-sponsored reprisal or punishment, censorship, or discrimination. Now, whether you believe in God or not isn't the point here. The point is that any political party that is trying to erase the presence of God from every facet of public life and is hostile towards those who choose to worship God, cannot be trusted to protect our inalienable God-given rights enshrined in the Constitution, and therefore should not be in power. She's got guts. She's got smart. She's got intelligence. I like it. I like it a lot. And you know what? She ran for president uh, once before, as she mentioned. It was in 2019, 2020. Uh, she frustrated the hell out of those Democrats, uh, especially at one point Kamala Harris. I thought Kamala Harris, she was so disgusted with her. Uh, that's when I realized, uh, I started to realize this could be a real political star. Um, now, what do you say? Look, 
a lot of what we heard her say, we hear from Trump at these rallies, and it's great, okay? But let's face it, she has a different style. I'm just saying the two of these people together, and for those of you who are pro-life like me, remember what Dobbs said, that ruling. It's up to the states now. It is up to the states. I think there's something here. Who knows? It could be incredible. Let's stay tuned. In the meantime, we've got some other things to worry about. Four weeks from today, the midterms. We've got four weeks left. I hope you are giving money to your preferred candidates and getting on the phone with uh, 100 or so people you know and getting them out to the polls. It's looking very good, I believe, for uh, a takeover by the Republicans. It's close right now. Just about every political expert thinks that the House is uh, easy, almost easy for the uh, Republicans. Can't take anything for granted. And the United States Senate, very much within striking distance. Uh, most experts think advantage Republicans. And right now, you know what's going on in Ukraine. <laughs> the fighting, it's getting intense all over again. Never forget, never forget that this is Joe Biden's responsibility. You know our handy-dandy little, uh, little acronym here, liberal plus chaos equals Biden. What is the A in liberal for? Afghanistan, everybody, Afghanistan. Because we will never forget and the world will never forget our horrible loss in Afghanistan when we left. It was just... I, I remember when I saw this footage on the left, I thought I was dreaming. You know who was watching? <laughs> Vladimir Putin, very, very closely. And he took the measure of the man back in Geneva a few months earlier. There's Joe, all smiles, and he's all giddy. But Putin, not so much. He realized that his adversary was weak. And if he was going to make a move, this was the time to do it. Remember, Joe Biden essentially threw up his hands, right? And I'm not so sure he has uh, is certain what he's going to do. My guess is he will move in. He has to do something. <laughs> That's a green light. That was a green light for the invasion. And once he invaded, we got really tough with the sanctions. But for some reason, Joe Biden couldn't stop laughing. I'm also sending to Congress a comprehensive package of, uh, that will enhance our underlying effort to accommodate the Russian oligarchs uh, and make sure we take their, take their, their ill-begotten gains. <laughs> We're going to accommodate them. We're going to seize their yachts, their luxury homes, and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Uh, yeah, kleptocracy and klep the guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> but these are bad guys. <laughs> Not funny. Not funny. That's why an overwhelming percentage of Americans agree with this statement. Uh, let's take a look at it, please. Putin would not have invaded if Trump were president. 62% of the American people agree with that statement. And you know, with Joe Biden, uh, look, he's advanced in years. He was never that smart. And he's got all kinds of other distractions. Have you heard this voicemail? I'm sympathetic. He's talking to his son, Hunter. Uh, back in 2018, 2019 or so, about his drug problem. And it's a serious problem, and it's a, something that families have to deal with. It's Dad, I called to tell you I love you. I love you more than the whole world, pal. I gotta get some help. I don't know what to do. I know you don't either, but I'm here, no matter what you need. No matter what you need, I love you. 
It's beautiful. It's a beautiful message, actually. But what do you do in that scenario? You don't run for president. If your family is falling apart, and by the way, there are lots of other people who could have been president, right? Remember all those Democrats? Joe was, uh, he just wasn't, it wasn't that critical <laughs> that it be Joe Biden. I mean, there were, they had options. Why Joe? Anything that's special about him? Drug addicted son involved in corrupt activities, most likely, that could very well involve him. Hey, Palace Dad, it's 815 um, on uh, Wednesday night. If you get a chance, give me a call. Nothing urgent. Just want to talk to you. I thought the article, at least the thing on online, that's going to be printed tomorrow in the Times, was good. I think you're clear. And uh, anyway, um, if you get a chance, give me a call. I love you. Clear. You're in the clear. This is the language of gangsters. In the clear. Let's break that down, okay? What does it actually mean? Deemed innocent or able to avoid blame for some crime or misdeed. It suggests that they actually did something. I think it's really bad for them and for the country. And you're not in the clear. Hey, stay with us. Lee Zeldin. They've come at him with knives. They've come at him with guns. Uh, next, it's going to be a tank. He's running for governor. And boy, oh boy, we need him in New York. We'll be right back. podcast listener and this is a podcast ad reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads go to lips now that's l-i-b-s-y-n ads.com what is up with the fbi i knew they had problems but so remember the Steele dossier, totally phony, slanderous allegations against Trump, totally untrue. Hillary Clinton, the campaign paid for that document. They gave money to Fusion GPS and this Christopher Steele guy put together, oh yeah, he's the worst guy in the world. And then they gave it to the FBI. Well, get this, we're learning now tonight that the FBI actually offered Steele $1 million. They offered him $1 million if he could prove the allegations in the Steele dossier. Why would they offer a million dollars? I mean, do they really, do they really want to get Trump that badly? I mean, Comey, what? <laughs> I knew he was out of control, but this is crazy. Uh, CNN reporting, uh, and you know what? They do have pretty decent sources when it comes to the FBI. That $1 million was offered. This came up during a federal trial. And a senior FBI analyst testified that they offered him $1 million. Talk about a fixation to stop Trump. That place needs to be totally overhauled. And this guy probably belongs in jail. We'll see. All right. Not going to let that discourage us about the midterms because it is looking very, very good. Uh, some of our favorites right now. Let's go through it real quick. The superstars out there. J.D. Vance. Okay. He is poised potentially to win Ohio if, if people get out and vote. It's very, very important. Here he is. Why was a 10-year-old girl raped in our community, raped in our state in the first place? 
The thing the media and Congress and Ryan, they talk about this all the time. The thing they never mentioned is that poor girl was raped by an illegal alien, somebody that should have never been in this state in the first place. You voted so many times against border wall funding, so many times for amnesty, Tim. If you had done your job, she would have never been raped in the first place. Do your job on border security. Don't lecture me about opinions I don't actually have. I like that. Lecture me about opinions I don't actually have. Good for J.D. Vance. Next, Carrie Lake, probably the next governor of Arizona. She is killing it out there. Incredibly, incredibly eloquent and smart. Here's a sample. Media's never reported our forensic audit fairly. They're not reporting what's happening in Georgia. They're not reporting on these ballot traffickers that are being paid to drop off ballots. Media is doing a huge disservice to this country. You know, what I love about these people, they come from all walks of life. TV anchor, we got a doctor, Dr. Oz. Hey, he is going to be the next United States senator uh, from Pennsylvania if, if people get out and vote. Are they really going to go with Fetterman? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think he can find his way to Washington, D.C. I'm sorry, in his current state. And Dr. Oz, he is ready. Now, my opponent in this race has taken a very firm stance on these issues, and he's done it for many years. There's a reason he's called the most pro-murderer candidate running for office. He seems to care more about the criminals than the innocent, as Maureen Faulkner was alluding to. He has explicitly stated that we can get one-third of prisoners out of jail and it wouldn't make a difference. He wants to get as many out as he can. I'm quoting him. These people have something to offer, something, and not career politicians for the most part. Uh, Lee Zeldin, he's running for governor of uh, New York, and we've got to get him into the governor's mansion so we should get, get some security. All right, what has happened to this guy so far in the campaign? Uh, this guy tried to stab him, okay, really tried to attack him with some sort of crazy ninja tool. Uh, this weekend, his home, uh, some gangbangers opened fire near it. Uh, what next? A flamethrower? We've got to get him into the governor's mansion. Uh, his opponent, Kathy Hochul, seems to like all of this chaos. Doesn't bother her one bit. Hey, J.R. Majewski, a Republican in Northwest Ohio. Uh, this guy has got a, a real dogfight on his hands. I like him. And uh, keep your eye on this race. Do not count him out by any means. Here's J.R. I won't bow to establishment pawns or power-hungry radicals. I will hold my own and demand that once again, America stands independent and strong like the country that I fought for. Good for him. And in Nevada, keep your eye on this superstar, Adam Laxalt. Yeah, a attorney general, but uh, it's looking good. And this warning, though, we have to take this warning to heart. He could be talking about the entire country. Take a look. We have one shot to save this great state. I am deadly serious here. If we do not finish this red wave off in 2022, we're just going to be California. Yeah. And if we don't take it back, uh, America could become California. Nevada becomes California, then America becomes California. We don't want that. Somebody else I'm thinking about these days is Herschel Walker. He does not deserve uh, to be getting all this grief, okay? He really doesn't. And, you know, I don't believe the allegations against him, but even if they were true, he could have changed since then. And also, what he's alleged to have done is not in violation of the law, or as Raphael Warnock, what we know he did, 
That's in violation of the law. But here's a little bit from Herschel. I pray every night that God gives him more time. Give him four more years. He has accomplished so much almost all by himself on a constant attack. But there's still more work to be done. If you love America and want to make it better, Donald Trump is your president. He's my president. And I'm blessed to call him friend. Back in the RNC in 2020 and his opponent, Raphael Warnock, uh, getting a total pass from the media, even though he's actually done horrible things against women, at least according to uh, his wife. She told the police. This man's running for the United States Senate, and all he cares about right now is his reputation. I work at the mayor's office, and this is a big problem. I've been trying to be very quiet about the way that he is for the sake of my kids and his reputation. But I've tried to keep the way that he acts under wraps for a long time, and today he crossed the line. Wow, that's tough stuff. Allegedly, Warnock ran over her foot. So, you know, Donald Trump has been out there almost every weekend campaigning hard, hard for candidates. Where has Barack Obama been? He's aloof. He's above it all. He was in Europe slamming Republicans in Europe, but doing it, you know, in his own in his own aloof style. And look at what he said, according to a transcript that was uncovered about Republicans. Okay, Uh, sometimes it just turns out they're mean. They're racist, they're sexist, they're angry, and your job is then to just beat them because they're not persuadable. Hmm. How about that, huh? I mean, deplorables. Just call them deplorables. You, this country gave you everything, and you're writing it off as a racist place. You know, Trump supporters, people who became Trump supporters, made you president, sir. They made you. Take a look. People have been beaten down so long. And they feel so betrayed by government. It's not surprising then that they get better and they cling to guns or religion or uh, antipathy towards people who aren't like them. A way to explain their frustrations. He knew how to wow people in a party, at a party. Really could, right? He was so exotic and interesting to them especially as he badmouthed America. He did that in close quarters, but on the big stage, well, he tried to charm all of us. And yes, he did. He got away with it because, well, we believed him for a little while. We thought he could do amazing things. And this racist country, he says, racist, well, it elected you over two white men. Barack Obama became president of the United States and he beat John McCain. (laughs) Uh, Yes, I think he was white. And also Mitt Romney, also, right, definitely a white man. Just interesting, if this place were so systemically racist, Barack Obama wouldn't have gone to Harvard, wouldn't have been elected to the Harvard Law Review, wouldn't have all these things that happened to him if the systems were arrayed against people of color, which they are not. What are the great things that have happened to Barack Obama? How about the money that's coming in? Does he have enough room? Does he have enough bank accounts for all this money? I hear that he's well on his way to becoming a billionaire if he isn't already. And by the way, they get to star in movies, even though they're terrible at movies. Take a look. Well, hi there. Oh, hi. Who are you two? I'm Waffles, and this is Mochi. Well, hello, Waffles and Mochi. I am Mrs. Obama. What can I do for you? Hey, Netflix, I can, you can do this for me. You can tell Netflix that we'd like to see Melania in a special. She knows about food and stuff like that. Why not? Why not her? 
No, only Michelle gets the sweet deals like this one. This is a real scene from a documentary starring her. We didn't edit it. It's actually this bad and this boring. Oh, I thought you were wearing the pink, John. No, that was for That's earlier, like and then that had food on it. <laughs> that was for the, the day. That looks like two belts. It's one belt, but it's three separate. Oh, it's got a top belt, too. Oh, I see, I see. But it's not separated? No, it's one belt, but you buckle it three different times. And is that the style right. to have your belt so high now? Is that the style? I don't know. We People, don't, I don't, so I don't, I don't, I don't Two hours of this stuff. She's just trying on clothes for two hours. All right, stop. It's really that bad. And they get everything, everything from this country that they seem to hate. And boy, oh boy, you know, Barack Obama, he got a lot of breaks along the way. I've heard him admit it. You know, he was not a great student. He started not at Harvard, not at Columbia, but at a place called Occidental College. Have you ever heard of Occidental? Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. He got mediocre grades there, but because this is a great country that wants to help people, like Barack Obama, he got to go to Columbia, an Ivy League university. And he didn't really do too well there uh, because we actually haven't seen his grades. And a lot of people think that, uh, yeah, he was kind of phoning it in at Columbia. He gets to go to Harvard Law School. Hmm? becomes the president of the law review, not because he's any great student, but because, well, he's got a funny name with an interesting backstory. That's why. That's how things work. And then he is sworn in to the United States Senate. And two years later, just two years later, he decides to run for president of the United States. Tell me again about how systemically racist this country it would be nice, especially when you're overseas, Barack to show a little bit of appreciation and not bad-mouthing people like this. Again, <laughs> mean, racist, sexist, angry. I think maybe he's speaking for himself. All right, stay with us. We'll have something on Kanye, who's totally lost it. So Kanye is getting a very hard time, and he probably deserves it. He definitely deserves it. Look, he said some things last week. Some of them made sense, but then, like a maniac, he tweets horrible things over the weekend. I think we have it, right? He's going to go DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. I mean, this is insane stuff, and he's got to get psychiatric help. I really believe that. He's obviously... A little bit nuts. Uh, needs help, okay? And you know who else needs help? A couple of other prominent anti-Semites. Al Sharpton. <laughs> oh, man, he has let his uh, anti-Jewish feelings fly all over this place for decades. And Jesse Jackson, another one. It's kind of amazing. These guys have said horrible, horrible things about the Jewish community. And yet, there they are all the time. Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. It is wrong. All right, folks, did you see the rallies? President Trump had two this weekend. And Sunday night, just in the middle of it, uh, he broke out the best Joe Biden blooper reel, which is basically his entire presidency, and he showed it to everybody. And he can't speak clearly. He can't think clearly. 
So he tells law enforcement, you got to do something about this guy. He's killing me. So we had just a little quick video made up. Would you like to see it? How would you say your mental focus is? Which focused? <laughs> I say it's, I think it's I, I haven't. Look, let's get ready to bumble. I think it's a right for people that bad at health care. True and international average of pressure. God, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him uh, foot. And Corn Pop was a bad dude, and he ran a bunch of bad boys. Wait, 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 wait. All men and women created by the, go, you know the, you know the thing. If it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. <laughs> we went for two reasons. One, two. Come on, man. <laughs> my, my, uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, I've had a couple questions. But the nature... Not representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here. Um, uh, um, what am I doing here? Club Tucker, uh, yeah. I got hairy legs that turn that, 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 that. Thank you for tolerance and listening to me. I appreciate it very much. What? Ooh, it's sad, but it's kind of, well, hey, the music was great. Too unlimited. Uh, ever been to a wedding in the 90s? They played that a lot. All right, stay with us. Hey, Ken Cuccinelli, remember him? He was the deputy at the Department of Homeland Security under Trump. He wants to declare war on the drug cartels. We think it's a great idea. Be right back. So much fentanyl is coming into America, and it is killing us, totally killing us. Hey, how about this? Declaring war on the cartels, on the drug cartels. It's a new idea from some folks who worked for Donald Trump at very high levels. Now they're at the Center for Renewing America, and this is a formal proposal they come up with, declaring a war on the cartels. Ken Cuccinelli former top official at the Department of Homeland Security under Donald Trump, joins us. He's uh, a big backer of this plan. Welcome, Ken. Great to see you again. Good to be with you. Thanks so much. All right, so how would this work? A war on the cartels, and uh, it's coming from you guys. What do you think, how receptive will the Biden administration be? Well, you know, the, the specifics of what we propose, given, won't work with an open borders policy at the same time. You have to have a president who's committed to closing the border. That's a that's a foundational element. However, no administration has escalated in contending with the cartels in what in the way we have proposed here. And frankly, uh, it's cost us lives in this country. It's cost lives throughout the Western Hemisphere. Um, these drug cartels are are quasi-governmental entities. They control parts of Mexico. The Mexican government does not control all of Mexico. 
One of our strategic goals is to get all of Mexican territory back under the control of the Mexican government and reduce the cartels to the level of street gangs. And uh, to do that means getting rid of their industrial infrastructure where they, cr they make most of the drugs that are now coming into the United States and killing Americans, over 100,000 a year. So uh, this is a much more aggressive approach than has been taken in the past. Uh, I think it would have bipartisan support in much the same way you see a lot of bipartisan agreement about taking on China. There's bipartisan agreement about taking on the cartels conceptually. The question is, how do you go about doing it? And we put some of the meat on those bones here. In this paper we've re uh, released, it's at americarenewing.com, Center for Renewing America. And uh, we believe this is critically important if we're going to drive that American death toll from the cartels down. Give us a little bit of the meat, if you don't mind. And uh, if you don't mind, you know, you can assure us, right, that this won't be like the war on poverty or the war on drugs. You know, they declare a war no, so, and nothing seems to happen, you know? Yeah. So let's let's start with the end point. I mean, one of the problems we have, including on the right, is the, is the forever war support, the neocon approach to foreign policy. This is a very discreet, it's very aggressive, including sometimes violent in terms of kinetic action against the cartels um, and their facilities. Um, but at the same time, we, we're very clear in, in staying out of Mexico on any permanent basis. We're not talking about taking up residence there or building their country. We have enough to do to build our own country. So uh, this does involve uh, going after financial assets, not just bank accounts, but in Mexico, unlike, say, uh, an Islamic cartel, I'm sorry, an Islamic cell of terrorists, these folks have invested in the community. They own businesses that they use for money laundering. Uh, th those reach across the U.S. border. Uh, they also uh, work with some corrupt members of government in Mexico at all levels, local, state, and federal. And there is the only place that we think that criminal prosecution in yeah. the U.S. is appropriate. Criminal prosecution has been a failure in dealing with the cartels in the past. Um, the only people who we think it would be useful for and successful on right. are Mexican government officials being prosecuted for their collaboration with cartels yeah. in poisoning America and its people. Can but otherwise, this would be very much intelligence and kinetically driven as well as financial in terms of taking their money and their assets. Can, the reason they I gotta jump in very quickly. Can you confirm Donald Trump reportedly said, hey, can't we bomb the cartels? Came out in somebody's book, I believe, and everybody went crazy in the swamp. Oh, my God, what a horrible thing. Didn't seem that unreasonable to me. Do you know anything about that? I only have 10 seconds. I don't know anything about that quote, no. But certainly, uh, particularly when that family of Americans was killed in northern Mexico, he and I talked, and he was very heated at the time and wanted to be more aggressive and engaged. Uh, but the follow-through and, frankly, the resistance from other parts of government was astonishing. Um, and that needs to be overcome. And the only person who can do that part is a president committed to this. But as I said, I do believe for certain elements of this, there'll be bipartisan support. Ken Cuccinelli, appreciate it. Folks, you can go to AmericaRenewing.com, AmericaRenewing.com. Thank you, sir. And we'll be right back with Dick Morris. Have a good night.
So Tulsi Gabbard leaving the Democrat Party in pretty spectacular fashion. I think she could take a lot of people with her. I'd like to know what Dick Morris makes of all this. Dick Morris, of course, is the presidential advisor and also the author of The Return, Trump's big 2024 comeback. Dick Morris, good to see you. What did you make of Tulsi Gabbard? I think this is a big deal. I could be wrong. You're the expert. What do you make of it? No, I think it's a very big deal. I think that, you know, we're all both people who abandoned the Democratic Party for the Republican Party. Ronald Reagan did. Uh, Donald Trump did. And Tulsi Gabbard, now I did. And Tulsi Gabbard is now doing the same thing. One of the fundamental points, I guess the fundamental point I make in my book, The Return, is that the Democrats have made America unrecognizable. Not an America you could possibly recognize. One in which the government sides with the political party, one in which the government doesn't fight racism, it promotes racism, one in which schools don't educate our children, they inoculate them and indoctrinate them, uh, one in which uh, the people are taught in the fourth grade about gender change and there's no difference between men and women and, and men can compete in women's sports, all kinds of stuff. They're not just bad policies. They make America unrecognizable. And I think that's the point that Gabbard is making. You know, people always ask me, how could you switch parties, work for Clinton and then for Trump? And I say, I didn't change. The Democratic Party changed. The stuff that Clinton was for, Bill Clinton, is the stuff Trump is for, building a border wall, making people work for welfare, cutting the deficit, enforcing child support, uh, bringing back deporting illegals who commit crimes, All that stuff is right out of Clinton's playbook and right out of Trump's. In fact, when I went to work for Trump, I said, you know, I used to write State of the Union speeches for Clinton. And they're the same as the speech you just gave to Congress. Just you're in the past tense saying this is what I did. And Clinton was in the future tense saying this is what I hope to be able to do. All right, Dick, uh, don't have as much time as I would have liked, but give us your take. Everybody seems to know that the House is a shoo-in. We're going to Republicans are going to take it back. The Senate, it's a little bit iffy, but advantage Republicans. Take us through it real quick. Uh, the three biggies. Yeah, it goes down to, comes down to three key races. M-O-W, uh, M-O-W, mow down the Democrats. Uh, man, uh, my, I'm sorry, uh, Masters in Arizona, Oz in Pennsylvania, and Walker in, in Georgia. Uh, Masters, Oz, and Walker. Oz is a seat we have to hold in order to win. And uh, Masters is the one we have to win in order to get the majority. We think we're going to win Laxalt in Nevada, which would give us 51-45. But if in addition to that, we could win Masters and update those poll findings as, as right. Masters won the debate, uh, then we can take control. And uh, I think that the key thing is, if you want to help, the three guys to help are Masters, Oz, and Walker, M-O-W. I like it. I like it. I can remember I can remember that, M-O-W, Mow Down the Democrats, Dick Morris. Everybody, please check out the book, a Must Read for Sure, The Return, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback. Dick Morris, many, many thanks, and we'll be right thanks. back.
four weeks to go. Four weeks to go before the election. Are you telling your friends? Are you giving money? You know, 10 bucks from 100 people is better than 1,000 from one person, okay? So, so much is riding on this. Hey, I hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back tomorrow. Thank you.